Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of Mike Adelic. This is Mike Brancatelli, of course. You're you. I'm me. Sometimes you're me through you, and I'm you through me. Well, got a good episode for you today. Got my, my pal Matt Zian back on the show. You may know him through Time Wheel. Uh, he is the creative director and founder of Time Wheel, an independent record label, artistic media platform, creative studio, and they are creating a lot of forward-thinking music, art, and culture. He's also a musician, entrepreneur, social media whiz kid. He manages the DMT, the Spirit Molecule Facebook page. I'm sure everybody's familiar with that page. And he is the host of the new podcast, relatively new, ZN Archive, that I had the pleasure of being on the season one as he's releasing them in, in seasons. And uh, yeah, we just, uh, we're just like hanging out and having a casual chat, creator to creator. And uh, Matt's like one of my favorite people to talk to about, uh, you know, being a, a podcaster, being a creator, being an artist, trying to, you know, make your way in a really like hyper individualistic, uh, crony capitalist uh, sort of environment and and how to do that authentically and how to navigate that and Matt always has this calm Zen presence to him. He's always really even keeled, and I you know I think it's a lot due to the the work that he does on himself and the consistency and commitment that he has uh, with it and also being you know being focused on his vision. So yeah, he's just one of my favorite people. You know, we talk about uh, tools and techniques to attain and stay in steady flow states of sort of, you know, quote unquote, enlightened levels of consciousness or, you know, what I don't, it's like, I don't even want to say that because it's like, uh oh, dangerous territory. You're talking about being, it's not, 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 not about being enlightened, but, but in, you know, approaching that state where you just feel like you're in a flow, you're creating, things are happening, you're connecting with people, synchronicities are, are, are increasing and, and you're just in a good zone. So we talk about you know some some ways to sort of um, make that more of a constant. We talk about the Vedic cosmos perspective. I think they were the 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 original flat earthers, as you'll see. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll have to dive into it more. But we talk about that. Matt brought it up on the show, uh, and we talk about the Buddha. And yeah, we talk about a lot of stuff. We'll talk about a lot of stuff that you'll hear. So no need to tell you all about it here. Uh, you'll get right into that conversation. Before we do, just want to give a big shout out to everybody, everybody who is uh, supporting me on Patreon. And, you know, I've been really heavily active on Patreon for the last three months now uh, and really trying to give all the patrons, um, you know, their, their, you know, show them love and support for being producers of this show. Essentially, I, I, that's what I consider it. You know, it's a fund what you, funding projects and, and, people that are patrons are funding these projects. So big shout out to everybody who is a patron and um, consider becoming a patron because we're, I'm releasing, I, I got a new comedy focused podcast uh, that is sort of in the like beta testing realm right now on Patreon, but we're getting good feedback. People seem to really like it, think it's funny. That's good. And you know, for me, I used to do stand up. I, I was uh, doing stand-up in New York City between 2013 and 2015-16-ish, and, and, um, and was, you know, hanging out with a lot of comedians and stuff, and was on the Gas Digital Podcast Network, part of the problem, uh, the show, part of the problem with Dave Smith, and, and uh, you know, my, my, my path just went kind of a different way. I, I decided to kind of get into some different things, but I still always remain that 
with with that that eye or that element of comedy you know that's sort of the lens in which i view the world so the i wanted to create a container to allow for more absurdity silliness and i think eventually that is going to be the show uh we're still i'm still sort of in the like i guess back to square one in a sense at like an open mic level with trying to get the podcast to be uh, this, this, this thing that I want it to be. But like I said, it's been really fun. It's been really good. People have been really liking it. It's completely different, totally different style than anything that I've released on, on here. Uh, you know, obviously with some similarities because it's me, but, uh, it's me, my co-host Matt, and we're just, uh, ranting and raving about, uh, all the things that are absurd and silly and weird in the world. So go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank and become a patron. Sign up for $5 a month and you get access to these bonus episodes called we're calling uh, we're calling them dosadelic is the working title kind of a double entendre dose as in there's two of us and dose as in it's a little little micro pod dose a little uh getting getting dosed with some some new podcast action so uh check that out it's really fun i'm really really happy about it and uh yeah i couldn't do it without the patrons really they they're they're huge uh so much love to all of you guys and we're having a lot of fun on there you also get access to the inner sanctum discord server where everybody from all around the world that supports the show is connecting and sharing trip reports and stories and asking questions and you know sharing memes and gifs and gifts, whatever. Uh, and, um, and then we have, uh, you know, like bonuses and rewards and things like that as well. And you can support the show for any amount that you want, uh, but you get access to, to the bonus episodes and stuff starting at $5. And uh, yeah, check it out. Mike Brank. It's patreon.com slash Mike Brank. I don't think you can search for me on Patreon. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm like shadow banned on Patreon or something. But I tested it out, and a couple other people brought it to my attention. If you search Mike Brancatelli or Mike Adelic on Patreon, you won't find me. So you have to go to the link, and the link is in the show description. Uh, so just uh, tap that there, and you get access to all that stuff. And thanks to everybody that leaves ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. It's huge. It's huge. And I recently just found out that there's more reviews. Apple Podcasts only shows the reviews that are in, the, in this country. So big shout-out to everybody all around the world that has left uh, ratings and reviews. Got my first one-star review. Ouch. Uh, but uh, I'm not too worried about it because, um, yeah, I, I guess sometimes, you know, uh, with designing this show, it's not, this show is not for everybody. This show is kind of like, you know, you, we got to be friends. We got to hang out. You got to enjoy me and, and the people that I, that I bring on and know that, like, you know, we're not professionals. We're not experts. Where you know I can sort of still consider myself to be a comedian, even though I'm not doing stand-up. It's I'm I'm on sabbatical or I'm on a leave. I, I maybe I will get up on the stage one day, but I'm I like to make funny things. I like to have fun. I like to be loose. I don't like to be so serious. And uh, I think this person was just like, oh, this this seemed kind of juvenile or something, and they left a one-star review. Hey, if you got a problem with something, if you got a critique, I'd really appreciate it if you reached out to me and, and let me know, and maybe it's something that I can correct or look into. Um, I'd be happy to do that, uh, happy to hear you out. Uh, but really, I would love for people, if they enjoy the show, if they really love the show, to go and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You don't even have to write a review, just five stars is good. 
because it helps boost us up in the algorithms. We broke the top 100 in the society and culture philosophy category, so that's really cool. And it's just a way for more people to find the show. The more people find the show, the more it grows, the more I'm able to do cooler things, get bigger guests, and, and you know, do some, some more fun type, type stuff that I want to do. So uh, that's, that's, that's it for the, that little wrap. The next one is Sheath Underwear, baby. Go to sheathunderwear.com. Get the most comfortable pair of boxer briefs you're ever going to wear. I love them. I really like them a lot. And um, I think they're just, they're, they're great. I, uh, you know, they have a pouch compartment. They separate your man parts down there. You don't have to use the pouch compartment, but it's an option if you're like really doing a lot of heavy exercise and it's sweaty and sticky and hot out there, you know. So it's just, they have really cool designs. I love the flower of life print that they have. And uh, they have, it's just really, really soft, comfortable, moisture wicking fabric. And it's, it's really, really great. I'm, I'm pitching it everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, I pitch sheath underwear because I love them and they pay me. So uh, what, it's a win-win, right? And uh, yeah, even when, even when I blast off in the DMT realm, you know, the, the entities, the, the self-transforming machine elves are like, hey, uh, what's going on? And I'm like, yo, go to sheathunderwear.com, put in the promo code Mikeadelic for 20% off. And they're doing it. They're supporting me. And I appreciate that. I'm going to try and get some of those, those entities some, uh, some discount codes as well. And they can start promoting it in a multidimensional fractal hyperspace uh, realm over there. Maybe there's other disembodied entities that... Hope to get a body one day, and then when they get one, they'll slide right into a pair of sheath. But sheath is, uh, is just the best. So go to sheathunderwear.com, put in the promo code Mikeadelic at checkout, get 20% off. We also got Mushroom Revival, which just makes awesome products. Mushroom Revival is, is uh, making awesome mushroom tinctures and awesome mushroom products. I like their cordyceps. Uh, go to Mushroom Revival, get 15% off all mushroom products. Enter the code Mikeadelic at checkout. All the links are in the show description. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. I love you all. Let's get into this awesome conversation with my good friend, Matt Zian. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's Mike Adelic. I'm here with Matt Zian, uh, past podcast. And then now I'm just speaking. I, I, that part was in uh, was in Zisfrian. You guys don't speak that language. It's from uh, Zeta Reticula. That's what we speak over there. It's, it's the language that we speak predominantly English, but then when we stumble on our words, we go into that language. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Just last night, uh, my big homie Mitch, he he showed me the film K Pax. Have you ever heard of it? Yeah, yeah, with really uh, good film. Yeah, I remember seeing that and just being like, okay, so he 
thinks that he's from this other star system and he's an alien from earth but everybody's like you know there's something wrong with him he has he has mental issues or something right mm -hmm. and, but then then like weird things start to happen where they can't really explain it so what's the, what's your takeaway from that movie i loved it i, I loved it um, is he an alien or does he just have trauma it's a good question and you know i think the simple scientific explanation is that he had the trauma and somehow or another his mind his psyche was able to create this whole new personality to block him from the you know the terrible thing that happened um and at least he can be happy and in a good mood if he's this alien person versus there's no way you can really recover from what had happened to him so it does seem like, you know, on the surface level, it was like a trauma type thing. Um, but in the metaphysical sense, who's to really say? I don't know whether or not he was an alien. He chose to believe he was. So to him, it was real. You know what I mean? And mm, Interesting. He chose to believe he was an alien in order to cope with his like uncopable trauma or something, right? 100%. 100%. And Maybe I should give that a rewatch. I, I recommend it. I had never watched it. And I said that like five times during the, the viewing uh, with Mitch. We kind of do these like film study nights where we're just going to like check out films recommended either by him or some of our other friends and just kind of, you know, talk about director to director. You know, he's my mentor and he's a film director and I'm an up and coming director, so to speak. And we just talk about why it's so good. You know, what makes this shot good? What makes that shot good? What's up with the color? What's up with the storytelling angles? And we, last night we were talking about um, title sequencing and, and how you, that's its own art form. Yeah. So I, yeah, I had never seen that film and I was like, how have I not seen this? How have I not seen this? Cause it was such for me, a mind blowing um, film mm. and I seek out mind-blowing films, you know what I mean? And I, I had never come across that, never heard of it. It never once knew it existed till last night. So it was really cool. And I really want to rewatch it again. Um, but uh, I just want to, now knowing more about it, you know, the second time you watch a movie, it always leads to deeper insights about it and things you didn't pick up before and that type of thing. But I really recommend it. And I was almost wondering where the name originated, K-Pax. You know what I mean? It's like such an interesting name. Like I think a lot of alien and otherworldly kind of vibes carry these K's and these X's. It's like where, you know, like the K, the X, like the yeah. Q, you know, like these weird, the Z, like these weird letters. It's that, like you, you're an alien. I'm an alien. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so are you cheers Zian archive yeah <laughs> cheers to being aliens mm -hmm. i saw this movie the other night uh the sound of metal it was uh it's an amazon original it's with riz ahmed he's a, a heavy metal drummer and starts to go deaf and oh. and like i i thought what, what it was a very unsettling movie it was really emotional um, but I thought one of the things that they did really well was the the dis, you know descending into the deafness 
and how the world sounds to him when he's losing his hearing. Mm. And then like, you know, other things happen. They just really like the soundscape of the hearing loss and hearing, you know, going in and out and stuff. They, I think they did it really, really well. Wow. I need to see that. That's an interesting one. A few times in the past, um, when I would go swimming, water gets stuck in my ear. I think I just have like a weird shaped inner ear where I can't just get it out. You know, some people would just like hop on one foot and get it out. It wasn't coming out for me. So for like one or two days, I couldn't hear. And it was honestly scary. And I was waiting, Mm. waiting for like the doctor's office to reopen to go in and get it you know, blown out of there. What they did was put more water in it essentially and just like squirted this thing in my ear. Oh yeah. And it somehow or another blew it out. It got it to shoot out um through the <laughs> pressure. And but yours are fucking weird. I know. Yeah. But for one or two days there, I was I couldn't hear. There was water sloshing around. It was and that's happened a handful of times in my past. And it's just one of the weirdest feelings because you just almost you feel so debilitated when you really can't hear and you know like really used to it and uh you know my whole job is around hearing and stuff so yeah yeah it, it really whenever i i always forget you know like i always forget to sort of like be grateful i guess you know so watching this movie like at the end of it i'm like god damn it's like man that was fucked up i'm like i'm just so happy that i'm like i don't have anything wrong like i have no serious issues thank god you know but it's like with this movie it happens so quickly and it's just like man like you know it it brings in the fragility of life you know how things can just happen and your life just suddenly changes you know um so it's just like man like um it's fucking you know i like those because i like those moments to reflect and and say oh yeah shit like thank god like i'm or i'm grateful that i'm like you know somewhat normal (laughs) <laughs> it's so easy to take a lot of things for granted. Um, even, you know, like when you get a cold or a cough and you just feel miserable and your chest is, you know, and you can't breathe through your nose and you can't taste food and all this stuff that happens. Like it, when it happens, it's like, I can't wait to get back to just normal. But then we kind of forget each day that we have this health, right? You know, we have all, we have our hands, our feet, we have our taste, we have our smell, we have our sight, we have our hearing, and yet we're still finding stuff to complain about. It's like we have all of this beautiful sensory data to be appreciative for, and people will look at the box, the TV, and start feeling like everything in their life is wrong. It's it's a funny conversation me and my brother just had even today about how the news never stops. It's never going to say everything's good. You know what I mean? It's like, actually, we're, we're past it all now and we're good. It's like, nope, more issues, more issues, more issues. They just are. They want you in this cycle of feeling like nothing's good enough. Here's everything wrong with the world. You're not good enough. Nothing. You know what I mean? And yeah, I just had to turn that shit off. I don't I don't watch it. I don't pay for cable like. Yeah, I, I'm I'm so done with it. I'm, I don't know. It doesn't benefit me. If anything, it only hurts me to be this informed. <laughs> you know? I, yeah, totally. Because what is what are you being informed of? All you're being informed of is this particular narrow band of reality, this like very narrow slice of reality that is just being pumped out like t- nonstop, 24 seven drilled into people's heads. And um I don't know, like 
it's it's not really it's not really it's not really beneficial to to us it's not good nutrition it's mm-hmm. it's like um you know it's just a bad it's a bad habit i've completely disconnected i've completely cut like my cord from being concerned about the anything that was that's playing in the news cycle other than just to kind of look at it from afar and go oh i guess that's happening okay yeah i guess uh I guess that's going on now guys with right. Buffalo soldier hats and, you know, screaming that their quantum shamans are raiding the Capitol up. Oh, yep. Great. Okay. Sure. I mean, totally. You know, if, if someone tries to come and stop me from like making podcasts or doing things in my life, then like I'll maybe get involved, but it's too yeah. much. There's too much of this connectedness to this larger thing that I, I feel like it doesn't really impact most people's daily lives they just kind of um you know i remember in college we would watch the daily show and i felt like i was like i was becoming an adult because i was being informed about like worldly events you know so there was this like feeling of being like well i'm informed i know the news like i know things um but i just feel like it's so irrelevant now there's so much shit out there why would you dedicate any of your time to that that annoying nagging bs there's so much yep. infinite creation infinite amount of creativity and art and music and fun to be had in every single corner of the world 100 like, percent. imagine that i know imagine on your deathbed if you were to look back and calculate the amount of hours you sat and watched the news like it is you know some people got it worse than others but but it's like, is that why we're here? You think that that's this miracle of That'd life? That'd be great if it was. Yeah. We, we, we die and go to heaven and... and you're like, well, you didn't watch be- enough news, so you're not getting in. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's the just purpose like, of life is to watch the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I heard recently from a buddy who uh, was on my podcast and said... Um, what what is this amount of information doing to our brains? It's way more than we are typically used to processing as an animal. Like we don't need to know that much stuff. Like it's good to be informed, um, but this is a new level of being informed. You know what I mean? You're informed every second of all this other new stuff that really has nothing to do with you or your life or your goals. It's just. That's not a normal thing. Like in the past, you literally had to go buy a newspaper, sit down and read it. Now it's everywhere you look. News, 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 the phone, 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 computer, computer, computer. It's just, and they find creative ways to just now like that, you know, I think that these phones can pick up on your swiping patterns and they'll put something that drops down. Like just now an Apple alert came at the top of my phone right as I was going for the X on something, I was going to close something. And oh. right then it probably knew I was going to close it. It dropped down a news story and I oh. accidentally clicked it instead. And it opens up a news story. It's like the technology just tricked me into getting them a view on the news story. I was literally going for the X. <laughs> it's like, I'm leaving. It's like, Nope, here's some more. You know. <laughs> Yeah. And you have to work to set things up so it doesn't, you know, like I have to, I have to, what I do is I turn all my notifications off pretty much, mm-hmm. you know, like I, and, and I'll just check uh, periodically, like I'll, I'll open WhatsApp, I'll open Discord, I'll open my email. And like, if someone messaged me like 30 minutes ago, 
you know, then like I'll get I'll get I'll get to it, whatever. You know, it's not the end of the world. If somebody urgently needs me, they're going to text me or call me, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and then all other notifications. I just periodically check and see what I get. But I can't hand you have to make the conscious effort to set all of your devices up. So there's not there isn't this like bombardment of information and stuff. And I don't know, I guess Apple has its own news thing. Like I just X that I got rid of that. I'm like, I don't want that. You know, I need that's Um, what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good. Yeah, that's a really good point. And um, there's this concept. I'll I'll find out about it. If there's if there's something really serious going on, someone's going to tell me about it. 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah, that leads me to this concept of death by a thousand cuts, you know, so if you get cut once, it's, you know, you're just like, it's a baby cut. But if someone comes up and cuts you a thousand times, it's going to do real damage. And essentially, that's what's happening with this, these phones being such a distraction to us all day. Like, if it distracted us once a day, that's one thing, but it tries and distracts us all day, like every five minutes unless you've do you've done what you are you know have done with the notifications and other people who just delete the apps entirely or or do deep work where they put their phone away and don't look at it for an hour or two or four or whatever you can manage um yeah like every five minutes your attention is diverted from what you're doing to checking the phone Mm -hmm. checking Mm -hmm. the notifications checking the email and that's a death by a thousand cuts because now we get done in a week what we used to get done in a day you know as a society as creatives as entrepreneurs maybe even if we're not really disciplined with being able to say no to these devices and the notifications um it's just like they've really like productivity is probably just gone do 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 like down 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 you know (laughs) what i mean just as far as like a human race just due to the amount of entertainment and distraction that the phones offer like people live there instead of do the things they know they want to do our devices are our vices mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it says uh, it in the name you know yeah yeah exactly but it's like you know i think that for it, it just takes such a tremendous willpower where as it didn't like you know ages ago like uh i remember watching this documentary on this guy david mccullough this author and he has this little barn in the back of his house it's like his writing shack and he goes back there and he just has a typewriter and that's it and it's like a desk a chair a typewriter in this little shack in the garden and he's like oh i go out here and i just write and it's like man that is Mm -hmm. awesome and it's like you really have to make a, an effort now to shut things down, shut things off, go away. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're trying to create, like I'm trying to create more and even still, like, I'll be like, Oh man, like, I wonder, I wonder what this, um, you know, I'm always on YouTube. I feel like YouTube is my main thing. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll, I've been getting into the Lord of the Rings, um, J.R.R. Tolkien's other book called the Silmarillion. It's like mm. the history of middle earth what this what this guy wrote it's like he had to be like channeling this from another dimension's history yeah. or something like i can't believe that he came up with all this stuff and i'm like falling asleep to like and i'll wake up at like two in the morning and it'll still be playing and it'll be like the numenorians came from the dunedain family in the third age when saruman was uh invited from morgoth's temple and i'm like <laughs> yeah. it's like how did you come up with this stuff token like man yeah. Uh, I would bet that's my that's my those are my distractions is like YouTube videos and things like that. But I have to make an effort to sit down and shut it all off to to create, you know, 
100%. Yeah, I'm a big fan of J.R.R. Tolkien as well. And I would, I really would bet that magic mushrooms were involved in his his writing. You know what I mean? Think? Is there anything that, is there any like stuff about that out there? Like, did he? I can't, I can only say based on the resonance of the visual and the storytelling that it has with my own experiences with mushrooms. They mentioned mushrooms in there. Yeah. It's just like kind of how they make the world feel. They make it feel mystical and magical and full of wonder and unknown things that you could discover and go on journeys and adventures and actually do. Uh, Mushrooms gives me that feeling. And that's really encapsulated through, you know, his films, The Lord of the Rings and uh, The Hobbit. I just it feels very similar to that. Like, I feel like they're you can tell when storytelling is informed by certain maybe levels of consciousness or experiences had by that director or that writer. Sometimes maybe they're coincidence, but other times uh, it just feels like so directly influenced by something that, you know, because of an experience you had with psychedelics or, you know, it can even be without psychedelics just through spiritual practice that, you know, to you, it begins to feel very much inspired by that mental landscape. Mm. Yeah. I just saw another movie, uh, Disney Pixar movie soul. Um, and it was really good. It was, uh, definitely you're like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, Oh, you know, whoever's writing this. So there's people that are writing or contributing to this are definitely tapped in, you know, Mm -hmm. they're definitely, they've definitely experimented with some form of an altered state of consciousness to come up with some of the things that they came up with in the movie. It's like about the afterlife. And then the, and then the guy goes to the before life and then he's trying to get back to earth to like get his soul back into his body. And Mm -hmm. it's really cool. Yep. I feel that too. And I also have this suspicion that a lot more people are influenced by psychedelics than even claim to be. Because I feel like sometimes people will, you know, publicly deny using psychedelics because they think it's going to impact their career. Or maybe they feel like they want the idea to feel like it came from them in their imagination instead of having the help of something, you know, to help loosen those gears up and get the ideas churning because it certainly does that. But yeah, I feel like probably a lot more people, you know, experiment with these things and and come to amazing discoveries, whether it be creative or even scientific, than really will even speak publicly about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I know that a little uh, secret. It's their secret. (laughs) What's the guy? uh, The guy's name is um, Francis Crick. He was like one of the he discovered uh, the DNA double helix, and he right. he was one of the discoverers of that. I think it was two guys that that made the discovery of it, and he credited LSD as being like a huge inspiration for him. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's the thing, and that is what our whole science model is based off of: something that was discovered in a, in an altered state. Um, people tend to think of an altered state as a distortion of reality rather than an enhancement and it could be both i think it can be enhanced enough that it becomes distorted but i think on its first maybe level of entering a mushroom experience or or any psychedelic experience what it's doing is enhancing your senses 
allowing you to see more information that is actually present in the in the field of reality um, before it takes that effect of where you might project an object onto an object and it that's a quote unquote hallucination where I've seen for example like a like a, a stump a tree stump take the form of like a wolf head and it was like my imagination saying that looks like a wolf head so let's project it you know what i mean like that is more of a hallucination a projection of your mental onto the physical but before you get to that point i think it's actually showing you more things that are there it's just opening your eyes you know and quietening the mind to the point that you're not thinking about 90 things you're only thinking about what you're observing simply and more of your brain power which we only use 10 percent of each day is directed towards the observing of you know nature or yourself or whatever it is that we're able to see on these psychedelics mm. yeah yeah i mean it, 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 i i imagine that people that are that have reached really consistent steady states of uh, enlightenment you know are probably just continuously walking around in this you know sort of heightened psychedelic type state where they're just noticing more and more of reality i would imagine that would that would probably be what it would be like because they seem to me to really be keyed in on the fine details, having, you know, all the like uh, Thich Nhat Hanh, for example, someone like that, you know, the way he talks, his pacing, his, his sort of um, demeanor, you know, that I just feel like he's probably just taking in all of these fine details of reality because um, he's like consistently in that state, you know, right. and and our world is designed in a way so that we don't have easy access to that state. You know, that's why people pay all this money to like, how do I get to that state? How do I maintain that state? How do I achieve that state? How do I achieve that state while working, you know, at Amazon or like, you know, it's like, how do, right. how do I do? And it's like, you know, sometimes it's like we can't, sometimes it's just like, hey, it's not possible sometimes to plug in you know, to the, to, to what we've created from that severed connection and then bringing that repaired connection back into the world of the manifested severed connection. It's like, Hey man, like it's, it's, it's the wrong charger for the iPhone. You got to upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. And it is a, a level of creating space in your life for that to exist. You know, I think, the guy you mentioned, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Say it one more time. Thich Nhat Hanh. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I, who I've, I've read and I've heard his uh, some of his uh, stories, but I, I just couldn't pronounce his name correctly. But I think the state he's in takes a lot of practice, takes a lot of closing down other areas of life that you know maybe were scattered in a couple of different goals we want to achieve when you bring that focus and to be narrow and say this is the goal i want to achieve mostly this one only being enlightenment or spiritual understanding uh it'll still take much time but you certainly will get there faster than trying to work at amazon and gain enlightenment or do you know uh, uh, like all these different you know creative things as well it's it's crazy it's just about what you want 
what do you want from life? You know, if you mm -hmm. want enlightenment, you can have it, you can get it. I think it's something that you have to work towards daily. And there's always going to be days where it's just not there, even for the people that live it, you know, even people that wake up in monasteries some days, I would bet don't feel it. They're just like, I don't feel it today. And then another day they'll be like, I'm a hundred percent in it right now. Like, I'm so glad I'm at the monastery and I chose this life for me. But other days I'm sure they're like, whoa, this is crazy. Like I'm not feeling it. You know, there's a lot of challenge. I've heard, I've watched documentaries about people, you know, taking spiritual pilgrimages and going to hermitages and wanting, you know, being inspired by yoga or meditation or even psychedelic experiences to go try to attain this thing. And then they get out there and it's freaking miserable for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, because I think because they're, they're really wanting it. Mm -hmm. That's the, I think that that's the main thing about the, one of the main, I guess, misconceptions is that in this, in like the spiritual community or whatever, um, the people that go to participate in talks with, um, you know, people like Thich Nhat Hanh, like Ajashante, Pema Chodron, Buddhist monks, uh, Buddhist monks, Zen teachers, people of that ilk, like they, they are so desperately wanting to know what these people know so that they can let go of all the things that are in the way of them getting to the place that they want to go. Yeah. But there's, but then they're building all of these things up. You know, they're like, Oh, I got to get, I got to meditate and I got to do and then, And it's like, no, like you have to, in order to gain the understanding, you need to like completely just, I think, surrender and completely let go and completely just sink in. And, I think that's just a sort of a, a, a difficult concept, especially in a uh, hyper individualistic, hyper commodified, commercialized type of world, because it's like, okay, um, you know, spirituality for sale, like, you know, th 30 minutes a day, you know, get my book, 10 steps to, you know, being an enlightened prick or whatever it is, you know? And, and so it's like, it's like, we want the thing, but, but then, and we can get a little bit of it. But then it's like, no, it's not good enough. It's like, then I want the whole thing. But it's like, all right, you want the whole thing. Like, get, you need to give up this entire facade that you've got going on. Yep. Belongings, you know, things that relationships, like these things that are really beautiful. Um, relationships, friendships, you know, finding a romantic partner. These things are what life is centered around for most people. It's just like that engagement with other humans. These guys have to give that up and go mm -hmm. in these quests to be alone, to really discover their self. Um, there's a, there's a really good documentary. I think it's called uh, the Yogis of Tibet. And it shows a number of people who go into uh, retreat which is it makes it funny to me how people use the word retreat these days because a retreat to them meant one thing and one thing only. You're going away for months. You know what I mean? It's like retreat. Like I'm literally leaving this life for sure mm -hmm. for like months to get some type of understanding. And, you know, again, they'll be out there and some it's just not there sometimes. But other times I'm sure they get really big glimpses. I kind of wonder... That'd be a really interesting documentary to shoot 
you know, interview some monks and, and ask them how often is it that they're in the state of bliss, in the state of, you know, uh, samadhi or nirvana or some, uh, what was the other one? Um, I'm, I'm forgetting what, satori, there it is. Like, how often is it that they're getting these moments? How often are you in satori? You know what I mean? See, I think I, I don't, I'm just going to uh, hypothetically say what I think that they would say. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think they would say something like, you don't get into the state, you know, that you just, you just are the state and the state yep. ebbs and flows and, and, and it rises and it dips, but you're either, you either are participating in, in the flow of it or you're, uh, you know, actively working to, um, not not acknowledge its existence <laughs> love Keep yourself it. ignorant it's always yeah it's always that metaphor where we look for a hard answer it's like give me the answer and they're like the answer is you <laughs> you know what i mean right yeah like how do i achieve enlightenment like okay like pour me a cup of tea all right, right. now go walk in the woods <laughs> exactly and they're like what what are you talking about right yeah 100 percent. and that kind of is it that is the essence of it is it's you're in it already they're trying to tell you you know this is this is it you're you've arrived you know we're always looking to arrive in another place another time another person but we're in it right now you know what i mean mm-hmm mm-hmm it's the it's the maya, the illusion around us that tries to trick us into thinking we aren't. And we fall for it because we're animals. You know what I mean? I think people think that because we're human, we can outsmart everything. But we outsmart the animal outsmarts us all the time. Just mm. our instincts, our drives, hunger, you know, all these animalistic things rule us and we try to break out of it we're, we're like no i'm using my will to not do I, i'm hungry but i'm not going to eat till i finish this work so let me go for three more hours like well you know like we can break through using willpower but so many other times it's just like well no i actually do have to stop what i'm doing and serve this animal <laughs> you know what i mean right yeah and i think that there's also a certain kind of um joy that comes along with participating in duality and like participating in, in, in the, in the game, you know, uh, with all of its challenges and stresses and, and things like that. I, I think that, you know, I don't know, it'd be interesting if you, if you asked many, like if you went around and you just asked people, you were like, here, would you like to be enlightened or would you like to just stay in your life? And I think a lot of people would say, I'll just stay in my life because it's fucking sick. I get to like do all this cool shit and I get to feel all of these like ups and downs and these emotions mm-hmm. when you're just, when you're just like c- p- consistent and pleasant with everything. Um, to me, I feel like, okay, that's, that's a nice state to be in, but it's also kind of fun to, you know, get worked up about something or get, you know, get involved in, in a, a skirmish, a verbal debate, you know, of something or to make fun of, of someone or something. 
I, and I feel like that humor to me is like really, really important. You know, that's why I like those like kind of, you know, trickster Zen type guys that are like, you know, how do you get enlightened? Like just keep filling up my teacup, you know, or, you know, these, these things that they say, I don't even really know, but, uh, but just that kind of way of being just seems, uh, really, really appealing to me because it's, Mm -hmm. it's almost like paradoxical in nature. It's like, you want this thing that you, that you think that you have to go after in a serious way and do all of this serious work to achieve it, but it's actually right in front of you. So if you can like find the absurdity in that and like grapple with that and try and make that what you will, then you'll have what you're wanting to have. 100%. Hundred percent. That is it. That I what think, think? Is, that's it. That's the concept of the middle way. Okay, cool. Yeah. The middle way is it's it's not give everything up and it's not, you know, get everything. So is that is that the bodhisattva path? Is that the middle way? The, who who sounds, coined the term middle way? Is that is it Choyong Trumpa who coined that term the middle way? That's a great question. Um, I can't recall at the moment, but I know that it comes from if you Jamie were, pull that up. If you were to go, yeah, Jamie, come <laughs> on. If you were to pull up on YouTube Buddhism documentary, there is a really wonderful piece there. Um, and I've seen multiple. There's probably like two actually. There's two really good, you know, Buddha documentaries that exist. It's just the the story of Buddha Siddhartha, who he was, and how he came to the realization. He came to and it's very much the uh, oh yeah path. there's a great there's a great one yeah i just looked it up it's it was like i was like mm, who, who came with that they're like uh buddha mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's a great documentary um about siddhartha i think it's narrated by richard gear okay i forget i think it's called siddhartha or it's called the buddha i forget what it's called but it's I think really cool it's, it's animation and it's yes it's, that's the one i'm talking about yeah yeah nice nice Totally. Yeah, Richard so, Gere narrates it. Yeah. In that documentary, they explore how he came to this, you know, he had to go to the brink of death uh, as being an ascetic and not eating and practicing like headstands all day and doing all this like crazy stuff to realize it wasn't the way. The way was <laughs> the middle path. You yeah, know, yeah. it was accepting what is and, and kind of finding the the fine tuning in your life. So if you were to imagine a guitar string, if it's too loose, it's not making any sound. If it's too tight, it snaps and breaks and there's no sound. But right in the middle with that tuning, you can mm. find beautiful music. You know what I mean? Do so you think that he would have been able to? Y- yes. Do you think that he would have been able to learn that if he didn't go through what he went through? I think the, it's it's mm-hmm. he had to go through that to realize that it wasn't that right that's true that's the only way you get to the uh, the realization right that's very true that's very true and i guess that's the power in the story is he did it for you so you don't have to if you trust what he's saying you know what i mean um he did all of these feats so you can learn from and all of humanity can take that and learn from um yeah. i do it's think so fu- people it's so are funny the, do the, it though right the, yeah it's it's really funny though because it's it's the like the buddha jesus 
all of these, you know, f- figures who uh, Muhammad, you know, he like went in a cave, got a download. The guy that invented human design, I forgot what his name is. He like was in it. He went into his tent and he got this download and, you know, and and then they, they come out and they're like, guys, like, I'm telling you, this is the shit right here. Just mm-hmm. just trust me. And like just so many people are just like, ah, fuck you and your shit, you know, your enlightenment. And it's just like, <laughs> OK, fine. You know, if you, yeah, I think I would be fine with it if people were if did people didn't want to listen and didn't want to partake in it where I get uh, where I think it's not so good is that the active repression of the the secret you know, of the, for, for example, psychedelics, you know, been like mm-hmm. actively demonized and repressed. Right. Um, people like burned, called witches, fucking, yep. you know, all that kind of stuff. It's crazy. It's because it really is that secret key, I think, um, when used the right way by the right person. I don't, you know, I've said this a bunch. I don't think it works for everyone. Some people are just not going to get a spiritual experience no matter how much psychedelics they take. But for people that are um, ready... Real, real quick, you know McKen- McKenna. He said, "You know why he, he he? I remember one of his talks. I was like, kind of surprised to hear him say this, but he's like, psychedelics just don't work on stupid people. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's just like basically like, hey, look, if you're like a dumbass wook, like you know, like it's not it's not gonna work for you. Like you're yeah. just gonna yes, yeah, so you have to take that information and process it for real. You know, you can't." just kind of not take it seriously you have to take it and that's the funny part is like when you take it seriously now you're in the realm of the mystic and nothing can be quantified and the science isn't provable but at the same time mystics shaped this whole world you know what i mean like i feel like it's right it's it's not that one's right or wrong they're both right or they're both wrong. I guess just decide for yourself. You know, yeah. I I love it though. I I really love the ideas brought up by psychedelics um, as to how to view life, and it's not this deterministic, scientific. Everything that is um, here is visible. There's so much invisible happening around us at all times. And I think humans are just naive to think that if it was happening, we would see it. But it's not until your mind is open to seeing more stuff. Right. Yeah. That, that other see stuff with your mind's eye. Through. Yeah. That's it. Right. I could tell that I'm not uh, an enlightened guru because uh, I'm absolutely furious that this light is penetrating in my video screen. I'm like, I'm so angry about it. It's just like, it's, it's making me, I'm, I'm, I'm fomenting with rage and fury. I'm going to go storm the Capitol right now because, <laughs> because of, because of this, because of this light that's seeping in. I, I had to change. I had to rearrange like where my like uh, studio like set up here. I used to have it against this wall, but anyway, a little side note there, but it's just, that's, that's where my head was going. Like when you were yeah. talking and I, I needed to call it out because I'm like, otherwise <laughs> like, I'm just not going to be listening and you're going to be like, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I'm actually just furious about the fact that there's light coming in to, to the frame here. 
and, 100% uh, I'm a camera guy so you know just absolutely uh, how many times that's how have, I yeah that's how I, I felt gonna, when we were starting because my computer wasn't cooperating right I was just gonna say like how many times do you get yourself in a situation where something's going on and you can't like there's you're waiting to like interrupt or interject or leave, or you got to go somewhere and there's something that's just like burning in your brain that you're like totally not paying attention to this person saying, because you're just thinking about something that someone said to you like 20 minutes ago, like you got off a phone call and you're all emotional. And then like you meet up with someone, they're like, Hey, how you doing? And you're like, I'm doing good. What's going on? And they're like, so let, let me talk to you about what I'm thinking about. The, and they're like, <laughs> da, 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 da. And, and in your head, you're just like, oh, I'm fucking that. You, oh, yeah. you, you think that, well, I'll show you. And you're like running a simulation of your next argument with this person or something. That is funny. Yeah. Humans get caught up in that. Yeah. We think that that is us you know what i mean that is just a mental freaking manifestation you know I, I was talking to my brother about this how i think thoughts are just like these like bubbles that are auditioning for your, your you know for your time to give it but if you you can literally say no to a thought that's coming up you can say yep shoot go away like no thanks. You know what I mean? Swipe and, left. Right. You could totally just not follow that. And a lot of times it might be very helpful to learn how to do that in today's world when everything seems to want to upset you. You know what I mean? It's like the news, the media, social media, like it's trying to get you unstable somehow or another. But we can hone our discipline through meditation of spiritual practice and many other forms um, to be able to stay more or less controlling the mind. You know what I mean? Because we're not going to control it at all times. It's going to, you know, there's a spiritual metaphor that kind of says like the mind is like a restless elephant mm. and you have to tame the elephant and you can, uh, and there's like even really beautiful artwork that shows the path of like an elephant walking up a hill and a guy behind it because the elephant's leading the way. But at a point, like they stop and rest and they're able to then switch positions where the guy then leads the elephant. More or less, that's what we're trying to do with our mind when you're practicing meditation or spiritual practice, maybe even psychedelic journey work. Um, we're trying to get ahead of that bustling thought uh, train that seems to be what we think we are and actually be here now as the consciousness, the observer, the just kind of window from infinity into this beautiful manifestation, this miracle world that we're, we're just so you know privileged to be placed here now yeah 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 you seem like you're always really consistent like you show up consistently as the matt that i first met you're still that guy like you just i feel like you always show up consistently um and i i, I would assume it's probably because of your your daily practices and all the stuff that you do um, would you say that that's true or do you, do you find yourself having like emotional swings, bouts of rage? 
you know, things like that. Depression. I guess I don't, I don't, I can't, I think possibly here and there depression, not rage, um, not a lot of emotion, emotional, uh, what do you call them? Um, where it'll just take your day away. You know what I mean? I'm usually able to work myself out of a funk inside of 30 minutes or something if I get into one and I, and I do, but it's because I know these practices, I call to them. If I get stuck in a weird state instantly, I'm like, I know let's go to the sauna, you know? And I sit in the sauna and I get out and I'm out of it. I'm fucking out of it. And it took a 30 minute investment, uh, sweating my ass off and being super uncomfortable but when you're busy doing that, you're not following that thought pattern. You're like, oh, shit. Whoa. You know, you're getting dizzy and shit. Like I pushed it far a few times. We've done more than an hour in the sauna. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's not far compared to some athletes. But I mean, most people do. 15, no, that's a good minutes, amount of time. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it gets tough and it really pushes you. Um, but yeah, meditation, sauna, mantra. I do a lot of mental mantra. I call to mantras a lot, you know, Hare Krishna. That's a new one to me. I've been enjoying it. Um, and you know, Satnam. Wait, wait, so how, and how do you do that? Like you just start I mean, saying it in your mind. And when you, you feel, singing. you feel like you're in a little bit of a, like, give me an example of how you would use it. So you're like, you're at like a stoplight. And instead of waiting for it to become green or thinking about all these random things, I'll just start singing mantra in my head, you know? It's just like, I hear the mantra. I'm a vocalist. I'm a singer. So I pick up on lyrics quick. It might even be more so that than even these spiritual texts, deep dives. I just like, like the song, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I like these mantras as a song. And I think that's the musician in me just interpreting it more as a song than maybe what someone who read the who read the mantra first in a book uh might think of the mantra as but yeah i'll just sing these songs these mantras in my head that are known to increase good vibrations bring you positivity uh peace tranquility riches sometimes riches you know what i mean i just feel like things that you want are attracted to you if you're in a good place yourself and it's not even about going after riches it's riches will come if you follow this path that's being put before you yeah it's, I, like, I, it's a byproduct i, I blur i i hear I, thanks for sharing that that was awesome i uh, i really like that like you're you're sitting at a traffic light you're waiting you know maybe you have some thoughts racing so you go into like a hari krishna hari krishna or however you you know sing it i'm, totally. I'm thinking of um krishna das i think he has a song mm -hmm. that goes hari krishna hari krishna and it like keeps yep. going like faster and faster and more and more people that's it um, it's a just a tool to call to so that what are you going to stay in that negative complaining headspace for the next 30 minutes or worse hours or the whole day you right. can break it up you know you were breaking up the thought pattern by inserting the will and having this mantra this song coming through our brain instead and right. just immerse yourself in that and if you want actually visibly say it too you know you can be in your car 
and sing it. And totally singing it is known to open, you know, if you're a believer, a believer in things like chakras, you know, it opens and balances the throat chakra. Um, if you don't really subscribe to that, you just really just think of it as a lot unlocking certain hormones in you and allowing things to, uh, change your, um, neurochemistry to the point that you're more chill, you know? Yeah. 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 I, uh, I like to do ohm. So I'll, I'll ohm sometimes. 100%. Like, I mean, chanting meditation is great. Like, I just feel like it's so easy to drop into this trance-like state from a chanting meditation. And then I'm just, you know, floating in the astral plane and chanting. And then, boom, I come back in my body and, like, I open my eyes and I'm like, oh, man, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm ready to get my day started. 100%. And also, you know, it's it's the medicines, you know, I think I do credit magic mushrooms for helping lift the depression that I was in prior to using them. Uh, I credit cannabis for keeping me creative mm -hmm. and engage with a project after it's I'm worn out, you know, because you can use cannabis as a creative tool and a ton of people do um, yeah. where you know, you've edited this song to shit and you're sick of hearing it. You can step out, smoke a joint, come back, hear it, and it's new again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you're able to then work on it more because you are more inspired by it for, by hearing it anew in a different state of mind. And also the mental fatigue can kind of leave because uh it does it's a stimulant you know what i mean i think can cannabis is known to be kind of a weird one you can't tell whether it's a stimulant or a depressant it's it's different things at different times but if you use it to the point that it gives you that zing because of your tolerance level or being able to go a day without it to reset or however many days you know what i mean as long as you're not smoking all day every day it start it starts sorry it stops to lose that zing if you can keep your relationship with it such that you feel the cannabis instead of it just being your default, which I've been there too. And I know people that are in that now. Yeah. Um, it, uh, it is a stimulant. Like when you go smoke, you come back and you're like, Whoa, these things are fucking, <laughs> Whoa. You know what I mean? You're, you're hype. You know what I mean? So, Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think that that is another, you sativa. know, yeah, the yeah. medicines definitely help me. I think, um, <clears throat> stabilize and stay on the path to the things I want to do. Yeah. So you have the knowledge and, you know, we both do have the knowledge and information of, you know, lots of different kinds of tools in our toolkit and, you know, and mm -hmm. it's like, Oh shit, I'm feeling like yesterday I was supposed to go to this gym. Uh, this guy invited me to try out a gym, you know, cause I was like, Oh, maybe I'll go work out at the gym. I haven't been to the gym in a while. I just said gym like seven times. Now I'm saying it again, gym. <laughs> uh, so, but I, 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 I put it, I started putting my stuff on my, my gear. And then I was like, you know what? 
if I just want to go for a fucking run outside, like my body was like, this is what we need. Let's go outside and go for a run. And I'm so glad that I listened to it because I went out and I went for a run and it was just beautiful at sunset in Colorado, like mountains in the background and the purple and orange colors. And I was just like, this is great. And like the cold winter air, it just felt so good. The ground here. See, there's a lot of people outside too. So it was just, it was really, really cool. That was exactly what I needed. And it's like, Perfect. Okay, cool. Like that's what I needed. Uh, what did you know? Maybe I'll need a little rape. Maybe I need a little uh, breathing exercise. Maybe I need a cold shower. Maybe I need a sauna. You know, uh, right. whatever it is. Maybe I need a microdose. Maybe I need a little mm-hmm. cannabis. Maybe I need right. some CBD. Right. <laughs> right. We can but go dude, on the it's, whole the whole list here. It's funny because people listening and making yeah. that choice for yourself. Yeah. Right. And then people will also look at these medicines as a vice or something. Like, oh, well, it took that hape or that cannabis um, for you to do this thing. But instead of asking these medicines, these plants for their help, you would rather stay in a funk for days, months and years. That's the trade off. You know what I mean? I think that some people and myself included, if I if I think about it, sometimes um, I think we are get familiar and comfortable with a certain way of experiencing life. And we cast ourselves in these roles, in these stories so that when things aren't going our way, you know, then we can be like, Oh, the drama. Oh, the awfulness of it all. Emma, you know, and just, just let me just be the victim. It's just so much easier. Just let me be the, can I please play the victim this time? I've been playing the hero for 320 days now. You know, this is, I'm in this body all the time in this consciousness all the time. Just, just let me be the fucking victim. Just let me put a fucking Buffalo helmet on and running, you know, like, (laughs) let me, let me just, it's like, let me just play a different role. Let me get involved in something that's just far out and crazy or let me just get stuck in this drama because it's like mm-hmm. you know i think it's just what that's why we like stories people love stories about you know murder mysteries and thrillers and suspense and like a, a good good story and what better story than the one that you cast yourself in you know and it's like well fuck like you you know you don't have to play the victim all the time you don't have to you there you have choices but i think we're just familiar and i think there's parts of us that just feel good sometimes when we're like oh it's poor me like it's all you know like please everyone help me pray for me please don't leave me don't leave me right i know 100% woe is me yeah so there's a part of us that likes that there's a part of us all I think that likes that likes that you know (laughs) yep it's just the lineage that came before that way of thinking it's like well my mom and dad think that way and my friends think that way so I have to think that way but yeah if you're exposed to the right information and you have the courage to act on it and change your life for you and the betterment of you and yourself, not thinking that way will lead to greater results with, you know, your life or whatever you want. Yeah. So it's like that choose your own adventure book and <laughs> you can turn the page to go to go to the cave on page 21, that was just like your same old victim story or whatever story you're casting mm-hmm. yourself in. Um, 
you know, unworthiness or whatever it is. And then, and then it's like, no, or you can go to page 55 and, you know, explore the, 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 uh, the sky mountain or something. And you're like, okay, let me, let and, me choose why that not. One. Yeah. And why not? It, this is our one life yeah. that we know of. So it's like, I don't just want to play it safe and play the victim. I like to go and follow the hero's journey. Yeah. I the mean, hero's journey is fun. Yeah, it is. And it, doesn't get stale it just keeps fractaling you know what i mean it just keeps like opening up more and more opportunities adventures uh right. relationships fun events you know like it just keeps going i like if how you, you went like this you mm-hmm. just spiral it does it it does i i remember seeing the um uh, this thing that Carl Jung uh, talked about called the circumambulation. It's like when you're shooting after your, your, your dreams, your goals, your North star, it's not this like linear straight path. It's, it's this circular one. So in that circular motion, it's like, okay, here's the hero's journey. And then it circles down. There's another hero's journey. That hero's journey opens up into another hero's journey. It's like all the while you're trying to get here, but you're just spiraling up and down all around into yeah. these many, many hero's journeys to finally get to you know, where you want to get to. And then mm-hmm. who knows what happens at that point. That's exciting because you've gone through all this stuff. You know, um, my girlfriend and I watched this movie that maybe I typically wouldn't have watched. It was with Robert Redford and Jane Fonda. They're both like 85 years old. And the movie was called Our Souls at Night. And it was just like a cute movie about like these old people um, that. Uh, they're, they're, you know, their their significant others have passed. Their kids have moved on, and they're just in their homes alone. And she is just wants to like sleep with him at night. Like she's like, I, I don't have no one in the house. I just want to like, you have this like this big bed. Just like I just want to like, you know. And then it turns into a romance. But the cool thing about it was that it's like I typically don't watch things about people in their 80s or whatever but the cool thing about it was that they live this this massive life and families and all these experiences and then there's still something more at the end like there's still something more always but you could still reflect on this it's like it's a completely new it's like once you've achieved everything that you've wanted to achieve and you're at and you're like in your 80s or whatever however you know 70s 80s What's the next journey? What's the next, right. you know, experience? Hundred percent. That really brings up something in me about this kind of very long-term plan that I have. Which you know, most people usually plan for like the next couple of days or months or maybe a year. But in the psychedelic space, you get such a different understanding of what it is to be mortal that you can even think about what you would want to do when you're 70 or 80 years old. And for me, I am a certified yoga teacher, but I'm currently not really teaching, not really practicing it other than in private circles and with my best friends and stuff. Um, Cause I'm also chasing this whole, you know, building time wheel and uh, as a media brand. And then of course our, our other company sheath, and I don't really have time to teach either. And not that I even cared about the money, but it, it doesn't really pay either uh, to be a yoga teacher, at least 
not in San Antonio <laughs> through my trial and error. So anyway, I have this like long-term idea of when I'm old and I have done all the other things that I want to do is when I can really jumpstart that teaching yoga career. You know what I mean? Because that's a good time to, and I've always got the best yoga lessons from guys that were that old, you know, like they're very old and wise and they've been through a lot and they know how to give good advice. And if they can do these crazy feats and postures then I can do it because I'm young or whatever. So it's like, I just really think that older people are able to transmit yoga teaching better. And also they feel genuine in the having lived a lot more and experienced a lot more. It's kind of hard to take advice from a, a, a hippie kid with long hair, right? Like about getting enlightenment, you know what I mean? Uh, 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 uh. Yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah. I remember uh, I was listening to Chris Ryan's podcast one day and he was like, yeah, I went to this yoga class and he's like, can we like, can we stop with like the 21 year old yoga girls that just got like back from India and think that they're enlightened and they're going to tell me about life? Just, right. can we just do yoga, please? Exactly. <laughs> <It's> like- <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. As someone who's lived so much less life than you trying to tell you how to be, it just doesn't translate anyway. So just teach the yoga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's I think that's true. And then I also think that it's also not necessarily a it's not necessarily about age, you know, because I think it's about it's about amount of experiences, because there are a lot of old people that are not, you know, sure. if, they if, never if, left if, their hometown. If, yeah. If, if age, you know, inherently gave way to wisdom, then we would just have these like wise, sage, old people walking around, but they're just as screwed and trapped as we were and everyone else is. It's like, you got to break out of the matrix. You go, you got to make the choice to take the, the red pill, even though now that has so many like connotations to it. When you say that people are like, Oh, are you like, are you, a, <laughs> are you like a Trump person now? And it's like, man, I hate how all that shit got like hijacked, you know? Yeah. Um, but I know. And how other people think that they can label you by that when you might have zero interest in politics at all. And they're going to say, you're a Trump supporter. It's like, do you know who you're talking to? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, because that's been yeah, it's been that was been that's been hijacked. And I don't care, the, about you know, that. they say like the red pill, but it's like, really, I mean, it's just one of the best analogies from a movie that I really like. So, you know, screw you <laughs> people. That is too funny. Well, it's been happening the whole life, uh, the whole life of this country. So this is nothing new. It's just in our faces more than ever. But we put our noses there. It's like we sniff it out. You know what I mean? By getting on social and looking for the latest. So you want the latest? All right, here it is. (laughs) Yeah. And it sucks, you know? I think it would be really, really useful for myself and whoever else would be interested to really go on a retreat, you know, just like to just go away for like four months, completely disconnected, no phone, no access to anything in the world and just like meditate all day and exercise and chop wood, carry water, make tea, you know, Mm -hmm. eat like rice and fish, drink plants, eat mushrooms. Mm -hmm. I mean, that I think could be like just so majorly beneficial um, to just completely like, I think that's 
I don't know, man, I'm just having this thought right now. Like I would love to do that. I would love to do that. But would I really do it? Would I, I would get there and like, but within the, after the first like couple of weeks, I would be like, man, this is fucking cool. And then I would be like, oh, but what's going on in the world? I got to know. Mm-hmm. So I'm missing out. I'm missing out on life. <laughs> right. Right. Because we will still carry all the memories of the things that were here. If we were to leave America and go sit in the Himalayan mountains, a lot of our days would be pondering the life that we were at before, I feel like. So you're almost wondering what happened to those timelines, those storylines, those people, those things that could have played out, right? If I had stayed back in my old life, I'm sure that's a large amount of what people think about there. I'm sure they're focused on surviving and also, you know, meditating and and reaching that higher awareness. But a lot of it's probably just kind of dwelling on the past too. I mean, you can't really escape it. Uh, You can get better at honing your attention to be in the present but from time to time you're not gonna be able to help or like having a fond memory you know Mm, yeah yeah memories it's just it's 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 amazing i feel like uh we're living in this time right now where people want instant memories you Mm -hmm. know like we're like everything is uh an instant instant memory instant nostalgia it's like oh my god remember what we were doing last week it was so amazing i want to be doing that again right now and it's just like what it's i don't know one thing stacked upon the next there's something here that i'm searching for which is like this collection of videos that we're making podcasts that we're making art that we're making selfies photos TikToks, snapchats instagrams posts like it's all being created as this like massive collective memory this mess of a memory um you know i I oftentimes wonder like oh this is like a beautiful sunset that i'm experiencing right now and i'm like i'm just gonna soak it in i'm gonna experience it rather than try and like get the perfect shot or Mm -hmm. capture it on my phone but i mean i think there's a balance in between that too but it's almost like Sometimes I'm like, why am I taking this picture? Like mm-hmm. sometimes I, I don't post, you know, like it's not like I'm posting it all the time. There's something about capturing, seeing something right. beautiful, spectacular, and then going, ooh, I'm going to like hang on to that for later. But like right. for when later? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a weird one because there's definitely, again, you know, the middle way with that concept, I think, because certainly the first time I went to a concert, like I think it was probably Tool and we got like pretty decent seats. I noticed because I was in such awe, I wanted to record it. I was so I was like literally watching the concert through yeah. my phone. <laughs> and then I was like later on, like it was cool to have that. But then I was like, oh, I missed that experience though. Like I really wasn't there i was it was like i was watching on youtube while being there or something um and i'd never really watched it again so but at the same time i think a quick photo and then putting it away and then being present is way better than the people that will record a whole song or set on you know what i mean it's like some i think that band even says don't bring photo like don't film don't bring cameras all that because they, they don't want you to miss it. They want mm-hmm. you to be present. And 
that was a lot of what they're offering. I think bands offer a lot more than just the music itself. It's like a ceremony when they're on I've, stage. I, I miss it so much. I miss, mm -hmm. you know, I was walking in the park with my friend the other day here in Denver and there was uh, like this cool band that was socially distanced uh, apart two saxophone players, two drummers, two guitarists, two keyboardists. And they were just jamming in the park, like riffing with each other. You know, one sax would go and then the other one would riff on what they just played. And same thing with the drums. It was cool. And we like, we stood by and I was like dancing a little bit, like kind of just, you know, shaking and grooving. And I'm just like, fuck, mm -hmm. I, I miss like being in live life with people sh shoulder to shoulder with strangers, right. maybe even like, you know, just sweaty and just a mess and listening right. to music and just feeling it. It's like, man, that is, that is an integral part of being a human being. That is not yeah. like a luxury, you know, right. for us to, and, and I, and I get this like feeling, man, of just like, I don't know what the masks and the social distance stuff. And I just got this like eerie feeling of like, man, are we ever going to be able to like do this again? Like I, I want to be able to do this. Like, is this going right. to, we're going to have concerts again. Are we going to go to pack stadiums? Like I want to, <laughs> I want to do it. I want to keep right. doing that. Yeah. Me and my brother talked about this and I think what the answer I came up with is it's going to be doable but you will have to pass a health screening before you come in. Mm. So they're going to have to check your thermometer. You know what I mean? Like check your temperature, maybe get a quick swab from your cheek and then you can come in, you know, or whatever it is. I think that's what it's going to be like. That's what I'm anticipating is it's just going to be, you got to be healthy to come in here. And the reason people um, in the past even came because they might have had a cold or the flu and they came to a concert and accidentally got a bunch of people sick was because they had paid that ticket and they were going to come and enjoy it. And even though they, you know, like shouldn't go because they're sick and they're going to infect people. Well, in the future, you're going to be found out before you and you're not even going to want to go. You're going to be like, dude, I'm sick. I literally can't go. They're not going to let me in. You know what I mean? Mm. So somehow they're going to be able to detect whether or not you have an illness before you're able to enter a place like that. But I think, yeah, I think we'll be able to get back to that. Yeah. I think it's kind of just, it, it kind of bums me out, but it's just like, that's the kind of world that we need to have because of the amount of people that we have now and how connected mm -hmm. we want to be and how big everything is. You know, it used to be where you just like, it was your local community and you like knew everybody and people didn't travel as often. And it was just kind of like, okay, you know, back way back in the day, you know, and um, and it was like, OK, well, you know, I trust this person if they're like not feeling well, then, then they're not, they're not going to like be a dick and like come, you know, like there's the, there was more of a respect because you knew people and it was like a tighter knit kind of thing. <laughs> right. But now we live in this massive global world. So it's like we kind of need these things, I guess, because you know, you're going into places where there's like 40,000 people or something like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I miss it too. I did feel, luckily, um, and I will thank, you know, these medicines for helping me learn how to be present with things um, much more so than I was before having used them, um, that I was appreciating the music scene before it went down. You yeah. know what I mean? 
because I was really like enjoying it thoroughly when I would go Me to these too. events. You know, yeah. I know some people don't. They just kind of go smoke a cigarette in the back and don't even watch the band. Right. Oh they're just God. like they're just at the event. They're just like, yeah, someone's here. I know. So I'm going to go smoke a cigarette and yeah, I'll be out here. Y'all go enjoy. But, you know, I was in the front row like, yeah, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, dude, me too. I mean, ever since I moved to Denver, I've I've been really enjoying the music scene here. It's like really, really good. And um, and it's uh, so fun to go to shows and be in the front row and, you know, be dancing yeah. and be watching and be involved and like be totally present. Um I was really into it, you know, we, there's, and the festivals as well. There, I mean, the yeah. festivals, that's probably my favorite thing to do is go to, fe- is go to festivals. Um, not my favorite thing to do so much. So where I don't do anything else, but go to festivals. Cause that's not, not what I'm doing, but mm-hmm. it's, it's one of my f- most favorite uh, activities. Dude, we all, we should do one when they come back. That would be a hundred percent. Yeah. Totally. That'd be fun. Yeah. I want to go to Shambhala. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah it's in i think it's in uh british columbia canada wonderful isn't that shambhala isn't that a magical city that appears in the mountains that's right yeah that's right that's uh cho young trumpa rinpoche's book is called shambhala i read it when i was at the temple in peru and um mm-hmm. uh yeah he talks about it's this magical mystical city but it's this, it's sort of like the ethos and the morals and the energy of the city that, that the citizens of the city carry with them. There's a few things that I remember from the, that book, Shambhala. I, I remember him using the phrase, the great, the great Eastern sun a mm. lot. Like, uh, you know, only the warrior can make a proper cup of tea only when his gaze is fixed upon the great Eastern sun. Like mm. the Eastern sun is always rising, is always replenishing, always coming up and nourishing, shining that light, you know, after the, the, the long period of darkness, the, the Eastern sun. Mm. Um, so Shambhala, the warrior, the sh- there's a Shambhala center here in, in Denver or in Colorado. And um, that's awesome. Yeah, and then it's a music festival. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. I've been really attracted to these ideas for a long time. I don't I won't say that I know that they're true or anything like that, obviously, but these ideas about uh higher dimensional landscapes that exist here on Earth. So in uh there's this there's this whole idea of the Vedic cosmos. Mm-hmm. And in the Vedic cosmos, like it is honestly the trippiest, craziest looking uh, Jamie, if you want to pull it up, um, (laughs) freaking worldview I've ever seen where it's like the earth is a giant disc. It's almost like flat earth or something. But there's like this like gigantic pyramid that comes like flying out of the earth that the highest like enlightened beings live on and stuff. Just look up like Vedic cosmos images. And Whoa. I'm trying to, yeah, let me look real quick too. Hmm. Vedic. The Vedic universe. Yeah. One universe. The Vedic universe. I'll look at that. I mean, they, they, that's the thing is that there's so many of these older uh, religions and societies and cultures that uh, just knew a lot of, a lot of stuff. 
a lot of really interesting mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, I think it, it's uh, again, it's like it's up to us to have to, you know, dig into it because it's not necessarily offered up. Right. Like you don't go to school and they're like, all right, well, you can use you can learn Vedic stuff or you can learn Buddhist stuff or you can learn this stuff. Or what about like the ancient Egyptians or this, you know, uh, right. the Mayans or the Aztecs? It's just like, you know what? It's it's more narrowed down. And, and you know, so you have to look for this stuff. But they. I don't know, man, like, you know, we should be clearly taking a lot from from these things. And because they they knew if, it, if they've stood this test of time, that means they knew. <laughs> yeah. They and it's on a different plane. They're not saying that the earth is like this. Did you see this one I sent in here? I sent one that was like, really interesting. Um, <clears throat> oh, cool. So that Brahma Loka at the very top, like that pedal mm-hmm. is like, you know, where it all started. And then down uh, down there at the bottom, that's the earth. And then that red thing coming up out of it is like this gigantic pillar mountain mm-hmm. that the ascetics will live on. It's just like, it's, it's really heady stuff, but it's so highly detailed. And it's like, they literally spent years getting this right just in the way that science has shown the map of the planet. You know what I mean? They spent years working and refining this map of what they think reality is. And I'm not claiming that if you see this, that that the earth itself is this, it's just a certain plane. It's a, it's a map of another plane map of another plane yeah it says like 120 million yo janas yo janas right like dude i'm i'm uh i'm 80 million yo janas away from ascending to the maharaloka level right yeah yeah i mean but you you find this kind of thing in like ever and so many uh cultures around the world that's why i love campbell so much is because of his investigation into the similarities in right you know, uh the vedas the upanishads the hindus the mayas the you know all of these uh cultures but because i think it is all coming out of the expression of us to define our human experience and the sort of how we relate to the world and how the world provides that information back to us, how we interpret it, how we see it, how we project onto it. And it's like for those people in that time, like this was the thing that was really slapping, you know, hundred percent. And it's an interesting, I, right. It's an interesting idea how they live their whole life and died thinking it was this way the the way the map looked like this that was their whole world like they didn't know any different and it's like cool like right. cool. there's no like and if, that's that's if, the many-sided prism that, that is reality that there isn't just this one reality right you know right. what i mean yeah. you look at it from a different side and that's it's, a very it's completely boring different. way to look at life. You know, that's like this, the image that comes up is this like angry, you know, like patriarchal black and white male from like the 1950s with a suit and a hat and a briefcase. It's like, this is, just the, this is, this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't like it, go to China or something <laughs> like that. It's like, 
Like, okay, well, we we clearly live, you know, we're living in a time right now where I think collectively as as a conscious uh, species on this planet, as sentient beings that are manifesting in their internal, you know, uh, experience onto the external world, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting to a point where it's like, we're, we're like, we're like, you know, throwing our toys around or whatever, you know, we're just kind of like bored. We're like, yeah, whatever. Oh, cool. 3d. Uh, like I have an Oculus, uh, VR <laughs> headset. I like never, I rarely play it. I don't know. I'm just kind of like, Oh, that was kind of cool. Like whatever. I just, I'm always on, like, what's give me the next thing. I just got the iPad. Like I've been like, dude, I've been doodling on here and um, I'm doodling on the iPad. It's fun, but it's also kind of like, even the, even like, even in the three-dimensional world, like what happened with the at the Capitol, I'm not like, Oh my God. Like, I can't believe it. Like my mind is blown. Like I can't accept reality the way it's just like, I'm not really, there's this part of me that is, and I feel that this is also exemplary of our civilization where we are with our consciousness collectively as people, because I think we're going through this, like, you know, adolescent stage, you know, we're like collectively mature, like the hero's journey, the it's all this circle that we're going in. It's, and, uh, and we're back at the point in time where we're a bunch of spoiled brats and, um, and angsty teenagers and, you know, we're trying to get to the next level. We're going to get there, but it's fucking messy. <laughs> it's going to be messy. It's going to be really messy. I know. Wow. Have fun in the mess. Right. Well, I uh, I feel like we're going to get there. Let's just stay hopeful. And I don't know. That's all we can do. You know, just find the many victories in every day and make the most of our time here with each other because it's it's a it's a gift you know i believe it (laughs) yeah no i'm um i i believe that too and it's like when i believe it more and it becomes more true when i'm around people that are truly in that frequency like you're in you know and it's and it's like that's why we need each other it's like we can't do we can't do this shit alone. No one no one built and created their like um experience solely by themselves. <laughs> that would be in, like insane. Right. You know, even the m- most huckstery con men had to convince and persuade people to help him mm-hmm. uh, or her. Uh yeah. but uh but yeah, but like the reality that we want to create becomes more creatable more true more present more accessible when we're around other people that have those portals opened up and we're all just like open portals just like cool like um <laughs> let's just do that let's just do this love it's it like yeah yeah great yeah let's just be with it absolutely cool. absolutely yeah i don't know i think it's the law of attraction um yeah it's just what you think about, you bring about. And I know that the movie and the series, the book and everything gets kind of a weird rap sometimes with the secret. But, yeah. but I think just pull from it what's useful. You don't have to buy the whole thing. You don't have to believe in everything that the documentary says. You mean I don't have to but... attach to the whole totality of it and declare <laughs> it to be my identity out loud right. and then write things on Instagram like you will manifest riches tap to uh, tap to make this happen. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. So 
just pull from it what makes sense. And to me, what made sense is what you think about, you bring about. And um, it tends to draw in experiences, events, people, opportunities, everything. If you just trust that and keep on the path of putting energy towards that. And so far I have done a lot of the things I set out to do and I love it and it's been great. And I'm honestly in shock and disbelief at the way things have gone down for me. Cause I really had no idea what was, what could have come, you know, when I was just a bag boy at HEB, you know, the, uh, <clears throat> the um, grocery store chain here, just like hoping someday I make music that's dope or, you know, that I work with dope people like just sitting there bagging groceries and that was it. You know what I mean? Just like what the things I've done now that are in my portfolio, my resume, however you want to say it. I'm just like, what happened? I cannot believe all these projects. Jesus. It's like all I did was take it seriously about what you think about you bring about. I don't, you know what I mean? It's crazy. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Expand on that a little bit more because I think I understand what you're saying. Maybe for some, you know, the people listening there, like ex expand on that process where, you know, because I think maybe a misconception could be, okay, I got to like, I got to think about this all the time. Like, I really, I want this thing. I want this thing. I want this thing. W what does it look like? How does it unfold for you? What's the energy feel like of it? Like, what is the, mo like, how do you go through the motions and, manifest and show up in the way that you want to, to create what you want to create. Yeah. I think it's being inspired by things just like, you know, I'm a fan of art, music, visuals, film. When I see a thing that it inspires me. So like with that inspiration, and the idea that what you think, what you want, if you think about it and bring it about in your life through the process of, of course, pondering it, but then taking action, um, slowly but surely things start manifesting. It's also called like synchronicity, perhaps. Mm -hmm. It's a syn synchronicity seems to show up when you take kind of a leap of faith and you get an affirmation. It's like, yeah. I'm going to take this leap and, and buy this $2,000 synthesizer or whatever. Um, not that you even need that to make good music these days, but I'm just saying like, it's an example of something I did before where I was like all the money I had. And I was like, but I, music is the thing I want to do. And I know yeah. if I get this synth, it's going to inspire me enough to push that forward. So it's investment in yourself, you know, as well. That was an investment in me and myself and my career yeah. to do that. To and the then point. did like someone call, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Did it do oh, it no, go point? ahead. I was going to say, did, did that, did someone then reach out to you and be like, yo, you want to like DJ this like place or something? Like, did, <laughs> what, was there, was there a synchronistic thing that happened from you deciding to make that purchase? Absolutely. And, pract and practice every day. Absolutely. It does. I mean, obviously you're inspired by the instrument itself, but at the same time, that instrument can bring so many creative energies into your whirlpool. 
because it's like just looking at it so dope i just want to touch it i just want to play it and then other people be in the studio and they're like whoa like touch and play that shit and then all of a sudden we're collaborating and we're manifesting it's like we just made a whole album it's like whoa like because i took this leap of faith synchronicities lined up enough to that to to, to me it was undeniable that this is the direction to go like this is the thing to do and the same thing with time wheel it was just like a natural unfolding because as a band and a musician and a producer you mix with a lot of other of those type of people just like being in you know the shows you know the industry whatever you want to call it you and then all of a sudden we've got like 10 solid friends who all make dope music so let's just band together and create this label you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah 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 so yeah yeah just everything just falls into yeah you follow the the pieces mm-hmm. follow the breadcrumb trail back to where you want to where you want to go to yeah right and it was music that inspired me and um i just knew you know through my psychedelic near-death experience which is kind of almost how i view it uh that if my life had ended then what would i have wanted to do more of and create and use my time on this earth to do it is to manifest uh share and support music you know Mm. what i mean it was like that's what i would have wanted to do on earth if i could have just stayed and i stayed so it's like okay so i'm alive it's a rebirth um let's do the thing i really want to do you know (laughs) and stop spending time on other stuff that was the safe way or the backup or plan you know like it was like plan c to do music and now we're shifting that from c to a it's like okay go that direction manifest that um invest in yourself invest in your career uh there's a funny idea of a lot of musicians feel like someone's just gonna magically hear their music and give them a million dollars like dude until that happens you have to do it you have to invest in your career you know what i mean or, or you might not get to the place to where that person hears it and your product is so shiny and polished and dope because of your investment that then wants to reach out and say, here's the million dollar record deal. Finally, it takes you first doing these other steps. So a lot of people want to get all the way to the top of the stair, the stairs from day one. It's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Giant leap. Yeah. Right. And sometimes that might happen. It might happen very, very very rarely. Right. It's like one in a million. So why not place the chips in your favor and invest with your time, your resources to, further your career and whatever it could be you know like podcasting music art you know like your company uh your product your pitch whatever it is like the more chips you place into that and energy you put into that the more is gonna attract positive results as long as it's a heartfelt mission and it has a really good intention you don't want to be doing this with negative intention shit you know what i mean you want and it probably wouldn't even work, you know what I mean? Because you don't believe it. It's like it's not inspiring to your soul, your heart. So you have to really identify with the mission and love it and have it in your heart and then continuously hone it and just work even 30 minutes a day on it. Like some people might have other jobs and families and things they 
they don't get that much time to be with their entrepreneurial effort, but even 30 minutes a day will add up. You know, that's a lot of time if you look at it over a week. And right. instead of nothing, you know, at least invest a 30 minutes of personal work into your brand. Yeah. Just set an alarm on, you know, just set an alarm like it says it's like 11 a.m. Boom. The alarm's on. Oh, I got to do my 30 minutes. Just just do it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about the near death experience. Uh, did you, mm-hmm. I don't know if you told that story on the podcast before or did, did you or um, forget? Probably, probably on mine, but yeah, let me think back and kind of gain my thoughts around it all. Cause there was a few of them and they lead to each other in very interesting, weird ways. But I guess I'll say the first most powerful experience was we ate, me and some bandmates ate 3.5 grams of mushrooms that were like hydro, beautiful, fat, stemmed, bruised, blue, all the like craziest, like next level descriptors. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea how good they were. And you really only needed like a G of these. Um, When we ate 3.5 and, oh, wow, it was... It was it was next level. Uh, it was almost like I went to an alien world. <laughs> yeah. um, and a few of us were having like the craziest feeling like time had stopped or we were dead or like something changed like dramatically to the point we felt completely different. Um yeah, it was almost like you you die and you're in some spirit form after. And I think we were feeding off each other too. You know how in journeys, like other people's energies are pretty dramatic mm-hmm. and, and apparent. And some of my friends were, you know, bringing these ideas up like, dude, I think time stopped, right? And it's like, because he said it, it, it happened. And then we were in this like one moment for like infinity, it was crazy. It was just like extremely powerful. Um, and really, it was like we didn't even come back for like two or three weeks. Even though we did, we were able to function. We were able to eat and use the bathroom, brush our teeth, you know, like do all the things so that on the outside appeared we were fine. But we all collectively were in this joined mind space, like up in outer space or something bro for like two or three weeks and from that i was just like what is happening i have no idea this is possible um so i start studying i remember i came home and i just typed in because i didn't even know what this was i said what is spirituality because like i had, i had no idea even what spirituality was but i was getting this massive sense that we how, were how in some spirit realm um i was gonna say i'm probably 19 or 20 and i knew what spirituality was i had no interest in it but like i didn't know what the the descriptive things were but i knew i was touching on something of the spiritual and i was like yeah looking that up and then it pretty much went down a massive rabbit hole youtube videos wikipedia's everything under the sun as to what can happen from psychedelics what mysticism and spirituality is and that was like the 
the rebirth process of what it was to be me on earth, you know? Mm. Um, and in that experience, of course, I was shedding so much of what I thought I was to be and um, reconfigurating who I want to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And who I definitely wanted to be was a mu- musician, someone who offered uh, music to the world and used that to recount my my experiences with psychedelics and even with emotions and general things. And that's our project, Something Fiction, where it's this kind of like psychedelic voyage into our minds from the experiences, really crazy, deep experiences we had. Um, kind of being psychic uh, psychonauts, you know? Yeah, it's amazing because I love the Nikola Tesla quote where he says, if you want to understand the secrets of the universe, think in terms of frequency, energy, and vibration. Mm-hmm. And to, to me, like music is, is top of the charts. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, when I hear something that it just like touches me in a particular way, it makes me move in a particular way. It makes me feel in a very particular way, something that I haven't felt before or experienced before. It's that's a transcendent experience. You know, when you, when you're yeah. like, Oh damn, like that note, that chord, that yeah. this tone, this, this rhythm, this soundscape, um, you know, yes. Yeah. And when you understand music as a synesthetic experience, which psychedelics allow you to do as well, um, it's even more immersive because now you're not just hearing it, you're feeling it. And I don't even Mm -hmm. just mean feeling the bass because I know that's a physical sensation you can have completely sober. I feel the bass. But I mean, you feel the music, meaning it's working through you. Mm -hmm. It's like Mm -hmm. scanning through your being and you are experiencing uh, magic almost. Yeah, it's like yeah. music on psychedelics is pretty damn close to magic in my book. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's funny because I'm re- while I'm listening to this uh, audio book, uh, the Silmarillion, J.R. Tolkien's book. They talk about uh, Aru Iluvatar, who is the one, the creator, and he sang a song into being. And that song created, I believe it was the Valar or the Maiar. I forget one of those. And those were like, he like replicated himself basically with song to bring more like deity beings into existence. And they would sing songs. And then they sang a song that was so great. They all sang together and it brought uh, Middle Earth, the, the, the Tolkien world into existence. Yep. And it's just amazing how they and then and then and then Morgoth, the the evil one, sang his own like different song and that created like the darkness and the that all that all that stuff. And it's funny because I experienced that in a, a, an ayahuasca ceremony. It was fucking epic. Mm-hmm. I experienced that that sort of story play out, not with those characters, not with the Tolkien characters, but it's just so cool that he tapped into that. So what we were talking about before, I mean, he must have been tapped in on some level, you know, mushrooms or cannabis or just just having that, just maybe just having that naturally, right? Yeah. Like Salvador Dali says, you know, I don't do drugs, I am drugs. Like <laughs> he's just like he's just like Love always that. tapped in. But it's that song, the songs, man, the songs, the harmony, the vibration, the frequency that brings, that animates things into existence and life into sentience. Right. Yeah, they're undeniable. It's 
it affects almost everyone. You know what I mean? Like scientifically proven, probably if you were to hear this type of vibe, you're going to feel nice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) This other vibe is going to feel a little not so nice. You know, it's like there's a science to music even. It's crazy. And you can tell when you're on mushrooms, especially that, uh, you know, if a song comes on that you're not feeling in that moment. Oh, right then it's just like, oh no, get that off. Like, get it out of here. Get it out of here now. It's like, I cast you away. Yeah, this is a big deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal. It's like a weird song comes on. You're not ready for it. No. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I think making music on psychedelics has to be fantastic. Uh, I'm going to, oh, it's fun. Yeah, I want to, I want to try. It's uh, just messing around with my keyboard. Yeah, to me, it's, it's actually really fun. But it's more of an iPad performance, keyboard, not real keyboard. <laughs> That's real these days. Yeah, I guess um, so. it's really fun, but more as a performance uh, jam sesh. I think. Yeah. If you have this expectation of you're rolling and you're recording and stuff, I mean, unless you're just like you don't give a shit, sometimes that can take you out of it a little on psychedelics. Um, like I'm someone too that I feel a little adverse to like wanting to film my trip. I don't know why. I just feel like some part of the camera there would make me want to, I don't know, perform for it or like, you know what I mean? Like not really yeah. just like let it go and enter. Yeah. You just want to worry how totally I look on camera or whatever. In the moment. You just want to be completely yeah. in the moment, absorbed in the moment and just, and just feeling out what you want right. to feel out and making what you want to make. Yeah. Right. Even and it's not even about, recording it and sharing it it's even just recording it at all the fact that i know it's being recorded period i don't know i just like to turn the recording off and with the psychedelic music making and just not have any expectation that anything is gonna crazy come of it and i usually when i do create create after an experience and if i do play during an experience it's mostly just like performing like for fun like yeah you know just entering the musical vibe uh, right i don't typically want any expectation of i'm producing a track right now because it's just a different experience and your mind doesn't work in such sequential like ways as it does when you're producing without a psychedelic being in your system you're able to hear the the parts a little more distinctly in the beginnings and the ends this is like you're just in flow with what is you know what i mean Totally. Yeah. I think, um, I think it was Hemingway that said, write drunk, edit sober. hundred percent. You know? Funny. So yeah. Right. But I'm also yeah. saying even write it, but then record it sober too. Like you can write it. Yeah. 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 Way, record. Yeah. But record and edit, you know what I mean? Uh, more like that. Sober. But. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Uh, Woo. <laughs> We're, this is so this is this is the podcast that's it there you go uh what else what i wish i had like a gimmick or something that i do at the end you know of the <laughs> podcast but I, I don't have that it was just like uh i guess it's time to go and uh you know i'll talk to you later dude i don't know <laughs> yeah what um you, wanna, you know want to like talk about some stuff that you're working on or like you know send direct people to places and things yeah so yeah guys check us out at timewheel.net 
Timewheel.net. This is the part of the show where I repeat. So this is my new gimmick. So you're going to say <laughs> things, and then I'm going to repeat them in uh, whatever voice I choose to repeat it in. So this is the new segment for the ending of the show. Ready? All right. All so, right. yeah, where can people find you, Matt? Timewheel.net. Timewheel.net. <laughs> and check out uh, my brother's great company, sheathunderwear.com. Hey, go to sheathunderwear.com. They got all kinds of underwear, moisture wicking fabric, separates your man parts. Put in Mike Adelic for 20% off. Hey, you can't go wrong. Sheath underwear. <laughs> and also check out my podcast, Zian Archive. X-I-A-N Archive. Go to the Zian Archive. Access the Zian Archive. <laughs> Listen to the Zian Archive. Zianarchive.com. 100%. That's us. You'll find our music there, podcasts, and uh, our products. And it's been a pleasure. It's always great. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah, dude. Okay, cool. I, I was like, man, I can't repeat all that stuff. And but uh, but okay, yeah, that's the gimmick. Uh, if you guys didn't like it, then write to Matt Zian at Ten San Antonio Drive. Um, <laughs> tell him what you think, dude. Yeah. Um, uh, till next time. Thank you. Bon voyage. Peace. That's it. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. Go follow Matt. Go follow Time Wheel. Uh, check out his band, Something Fiction. Uh, what else? Go to sheathunderwear.com and enter the promo code Mikeadelic. Get 20% off the most comfortable pair of underwear with the dual pouch technology, moisture uh, wicking fabric, John wicking fabric, and uh, get 20% off sheathunderwear.com. Check out Mushroom Revival. And uh, follow uh, Matt, subscribe to Matt's podcast too. Check it out, uh, ZN Archive. It's on all podcast platforms. Thanks to Danny Barnett and Galaxia for the music. If you like the podcast, you know what to do. Leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank and get access to my new comedy podcast, Dosadelic, coming out with new episodes every week. And get access to the private Discord server where... All of us Micadelites are chatting from all around the world. Be love, everyone. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>